This is the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where it's all about getting the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. Brought to you by Itumar Shafir, founder and CEO of Umbrella, the technology platform and brand that is powering thousands of marketing agencies around the country. Find him at UmbrellaUS.com. Now, here's your host, Kevin Pruitt. This is the Marketing Umbrella Podcast. I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. And our guest is a third-generation entrepreneur who left her 15-year corporate leadership career to build her own startups and help other, other founders on their journey. As the founder of Jumpstart Studio, she brings a unique combination of corporate expertise and startup experience to help early-stage entrepreneurs turn their ideas into commercial successes. As a lecturer at the University of Melbourne, teaching the Masters of Entrepreneurship course and author of Start Right, how to pick a winning business idea and make it successful, which is a guide to help first-time founders build the right mindset, design a good strategy, and execute on their ideas. Born and raised in India, she started her career in Africa and is now based in Melbourne, Australia. An avid traveler who's visited and worked in 41 countries and speaks four languages, I want to welcome a chronic underachiever to the podcast today, <laughs> Sandita <laughs> Mulchandani. Thanks, thanks for Thank joining you. us. I'm, I, I am I'm blown away at this uh, at this re- and I've left so much out. I mean, there was so much more that we could have unpacked here. But man, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast today. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kevin. So speaking of bio, I'm, like I mentioned, there were many things that we didn't touch on. So what are some things that I didn't kind of bring to the forefront that you think would just kind of round out to paint a really solid picture? Oh, I run four businesses at the moment um, as well. So Jumpstart Studio is one of them, like you mentioned, where I work with early stage entrepreneurs and help them transition from idea to reality. The other business is a digital marketing business that started during the pandemic. Um, and it was, I'm not a marketer by any way, shape or form, but, you know, this just came, this just happened where, you know, people were asking me, hey, how do I now go from a bricks and mortar business to an online business. And so I established a team or a business back in India um, where I could outsource work for digital marketing. And so during the pandemic, I was helping businesses transition into online businesses using digital marketing services. The third business is called Australian Professionals of Color, um, which is a community organization, a not-for-profit organization where we work with professionals of color in Australia to help them climb the corporate ladder but also work with organizations and corporates to bring in cultural intelligence. So the concept of cultural intelligence at, in, in action in their day-to-day sort of leadership roles for people. And the fourth one is I'm co-producing a documentary series, so which is about founders of color and how to, how to sort of highlight their stories in the Australian landscape a little bit more. So I obviously was talking about a chronic underachiever. My my explanation <laughs> was chronically underachieving as I was trying to lay that. So that is that is absolutely incredible that, that you could balance all that and and obviously do all of them well because I mean a parable about the spinning plates. If you don't you don't keep them spinning, they they tend to fall. But if you just had to pick one of those, what is what is the one that's what's kind of the jewel of the crown there? Which what's the one that you just think? That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's it's such a tough question. Like I get asked this all the time. It's like, how do you how do you balance this or how do you manage all the four businesses? 
I don't see them as different though. For me, it's I'm helping two groups of people. And yeah. one is people who are professionals of color and one group is entrepreneurs. Um, and as long as every day I've made progress towards helping these two groups of people and made a difference in their lives, that really makes me very happy. Because like you said, you know, I spent 15 years in the corporates where yeah. it was all about me, me and me, you know, looking about my, it was all about my success and my growth. In around 2016, 2017, that sort of flipped for me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it started becoming about, well, I can keep doing this, but it's not making me happy anymore. Right. And so this is why I got into entrepreneurship is so I could help other people. Um, so I, in about 2016, 17, I said, right, I'm going to spend the next few years just doing what I love doing every single day. The corporate high-flying job was great, but it just wasn't making me happy. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to do something that made me happy. And I found happiness in being able to serve others or help others move ahead in their lives. And it's, it's very funny because the more they succeed, the more I succeed. Yeah. It's very interesting to see that, you know, how they're, success the more I help them succeed the more my success increases as well so that's been quite fascinating to watch so you know nothing's wasted you know in our in our historic economy so that I mean you look back and you think that time in corporate that I mean it not only taught you what you you know didn't want to do you know moving forward yeah. but it probably laid a, a pretty solid laid some groundwork for what you you know you would move into whether it was yeah your network that you built, whether it was just skills you acquired, that type of thing. But I do find that transition inter interesting because we'll talk to so many people and that it's almost like it's a second life, you know, mm. transition. You move from success to significance or whatever, but so mm. often it it is counter to our culture, you mm. know, not only the culture you're raised in, but the culture you exist in today, you know, that says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back here. And so Talk about that a little bit, because I think that would be an interesting like perspective, you know, for our listeners to hear about, you know, how you kind of balance that. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I do help people exactly in that space where, you know, this we all come to a point in life, I suppose, where you're like, but this is not what I want to do mm -hmm. anymore. And because sort of very early on, we are sort of forced to choose a lifestyle, a career that other people want us to choose. It's sort of informed by external pressures, not necessarily just internal motivations. Right. And more so because we, I mean, if you look at it, if you strip it all back, like ever since you're born, you're sort of conditioned in a certain way to think about things in a certain way, the way your family perceives yep. the world, the way they've been brought up. So, you know, a lot of their own experiences are thrust upon you mm -hmm. in a way to, so, and it forms your own sort of thinking as well. And then you go through the whole system of schooling and university and, you know, all of those things. Highly and, competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all pre, and they're all preconditioning, right? So mm -hmm. they are, in a way, they institutionalize you. Yeah. No um, doubt about it ever since you're born, right? And so you 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 go into this whole institutional piece of finishing your schooling, finishing your, your college, your, you know, your um, university, and you come out on the other side and then you're like, yeah, oh, the reason you did all this was to get a job. And then you go in and get a job. Um, and then again, at the job, you're, you're conditioned and institutionalized in a certain way. So very often we don't sort of, to your point, step back and reflect mm -hmm. on, is this what I really want to do? But you do get to a point in life where, you know, it, it, because it's not so aligned with who you really are or where you want to go, 
this friction. You start seeing friction in your yep. daily life. It could yep. be as simple as, I just don't feel like getting out of bed and going to work. Mm-hmm. Or it could be as simple as, you know, this is, you know, just being irritated and angry all the time or just not being able to focus on things properly enough or just always having this second thought at the back of your mind oh my god what if what if I take this risk and you know do something different do something else and so every time sort of you know being aware of that friction I think really is the point where you know you've got to stop and you've got to do something about it because if you don't you're just going to end up living an unhappy life for the rest of your life. I, I love that that whole picture of painting that that friction. And, and it really is an internal friction. But it, I mean, it, it's also external as well. But, you know, but expectations mm-hmm. of others and and perspective mm-hmm. and culture. But one thing I did mention in the bio that I didn't want to fly by, the, the whole idea that you kind of not only traveled to 41 countries, you have a kind of a unique way to travel to these countries from what I remember uh, maybe in another podcast that you had you had kind of answered that question. Yeah. So let's talk about that just really briefly. So like I said, in 2016-17, so I traveled a little bit, you know, through my life, but around 2016-17 is where, like I said, there was this friction happening with my own self and my own work. And so I decided to do this program called the Remote Year. Mm. And remote year is about living and working in different countries for a period of one year with with strangers, with, you know, other professionals. Right. And so I went off on this journey early 2017. And as I traveled and lived and worked across Europe and uh, Africa and South America and a bit of North America as well, I just found that, you know, I love travel. I just loved what I was doing. But one of the things that I love the most about travel or my, my highlight in every sort of country that I was visiting or living in as well was just being able to meet the locals and for me um, there are two things that I love travel and food so to me it was about how do I you know learn a little bit more about the culture and the language because to me I, it's not about just going and visiting the place or and being you know, a tourist take, yeah yeah being a tourist and sightseeing and just taking pictures to me it's about when you go to a place it's about understanding the people the language the culture how they you know how they live um, and I was like, how do I do that? So I would find local events that that are happening in every city that I was in. And I would go to these local events, um, meet the local people there, and then find a way to sort of bring them back to my accommodation where I was living. And usually they were apartments and, you know, places that I was living in. So I would call them back home and I would actually make them Indian food. So I would mm. actually look Indian grocery store in every city that I would go to, even places like Croatia or, you know, Serbia and, you know, really far flung places where yeah. Indian food is not mainstream. Right. Um, and so I would still try and find my spices and try and find, you know, all the all the different sort of uh, ingredients for a nice meal. And I'll put together an Indian meal. I'll invite people over. And it was so much fun because they would come over and they would get to learn a little bit about me, about my culture, and we'd have really interesting conversations. And then, you know, they would in turn invite me back to their homes and, you know, I would get to see their lives. I would get to see their families and, you know, how they lived and, you know, things like that. So that was one of the most enriching experiences ever to be able to make friends in so many different countries, but not just meeting them for drinks or dinner, yep. but actually connecting. Um, it's a unique, unique way to yeah. connect. I'm mean, like you yeah. said, it's it is it's not just digital tourism. It's not just you know or just a remote, you know, kind of drive by. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's the whole idea of engaging in the culture. But um, I I love the idea of 
the, I mean, it, it's really not work-life balance. It really is almost like work, work-life integration. You know, you've yeah. got so many, you know, things that are, that are happening around you, but did one of those kind of lead to the other, kind of led to the other, kind of led to the other? I, I mean, did you create the digital marketing agency out of a need that you had, you know, in somewhere else? Because that so often, I think entrepreneurs do that, you know, they, yeah. it's virtually the proverbial scratching your own itch, you know, so to speak. Yeah. So what was that? Or, or did you just recognize a, a gap in the market and take advantage of it? Yeah, it's very interesting because, so when I started my entrepreneurship journey, which was in 2019, so in 2017, I was doing all these travels because I was unhappy with my work. And I thought, well, maybe it is, you know, living in Australia, living in Melbourne is what's making me unhappy. So I went out into these travels. I was super happy. But then, you know, my corporate job pulled me back and they they offered me better pay, better promotions, <laughs> everything better. And then they were like, come golden back. Golden handcuffs. And like, yeah, that's a golden <laughs> handcuffs. And I came back. I came back and then again, within a few months, I was not feeling happy again. I was again, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was like, okay, maybe it's not, it's not Melbourne, maybe it's work, you know, maybe I need to change what I do. And this is where in 2019, I decided to take a year off work. And so in Australia, we get something called the career break, which is you can take 18 months off work to, to study and do things that you want to do. And then you always, you can go back to the same company. And so I took 12 months off um, and I went and did my second master's degree in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I did that was because I was playing it safe. I was saying, well, I'm going to try and build businesses through this degree. But if that doesn't happen, at least I have a master's degree. Right. <laughs> I can kind of hedge my bet a little bit. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the typical non-entrepreneurial thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that's the mindset piece of shifting from an employee to an entrepreneur. Um, and so when I did that in 2019, I built a travel business, um, which failed. And then I built a food business, which is based off my travel idea of right. you know, where I was meeting, yep. meeting people. And so it was about having dinner parties in strangers' homes in your mm-hmm. own cities rather than different cities. And that did really well. But then COVID hit. Um, yeah, I was going to say had- COVID, COVID would have ha- would have endangered yeah. both of those ideas. For yeah. Sure. yeah. And so I had to shelf that business. And then I went back and my 12 months came up and so I went back to the corporate and when I went back to the corporate I was just within a week I was like no this is not working for me anymore I've outgrown the whole corporate thing and I just you know want to keep doing uh, building businesses so in the middle of the pandemic literally I'm in this space where I'm thinking okay I'm leaving my corporate job what do I do and I was mentoring somebody pro bono during that time for, for his own business and he's a lawyer He's been in business for seven years and he was at this point in time where he was trying to, you know, change his business a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. And I was just mentoring him pro bono. And then after a few sessions with him, he was like, I want to pay you for this. And I said, no, you don't need to pay me. It's okay. I've got this corporate job. You know, that's takes care of my payments. I just love the whole business scene. So, you know, I'm happy to work with you. And so he said, no, nope, if you don't take payment from me, I'm not working with you anymore. And so literally that's how my digital marketing business started because his whole piece was around how do I, you know, position myself better online? How do I use social media better? How do I use marketing better? Right. right. And that's what I was consulting him on. And that was really interesting because that's how my third, this digital marketing business mm-hmm. started because somebody wanted to pay me for it. And so that is not normal, by the way, just thought we could clarify. <laughs> yeah, I, know. Right <laughs> I know. And so then he, but then as I was working with him, then I found a couple more people that I started consulting with 
And what I found is like a lot of them didn't want to, were very happy with the consulting, but then mm. they didn't go and implement things yeah. that, that we spoke about. And so the consulting so was often. okay. Yeah. And so they, they needed a done for you service. They were not able to do it themselves. And this is where I got connected with somebody in, in India. And it was all very happenstance. Like, you know, it just, it just happened along the way. And I got connected with somebody in India and they were a digital marketing agency and they were like, can you help us break into Australia? And I'm like, well, I can't help you break into Australia, but maybe we can work together to right. you know, see clients in Australia. <clears throat> and so this is how literally the digital marketing business started. So I do the consulting, they do the backend work, they do all the SEO, the website design, the you know social media marketing and all of that. Um, and we work together to sort of serve the customers here in Australia. So that's how that's that the best way to do it. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, if, if you have a need, go out there and see who's doing it well and see if you can kind of combine to yeah. some sort of a joint venture, you know, type type thing. And it, and it worked out yeah. well, obviously. So yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about Jumpstart. So yeah. what is the I mean, you said I started or I jumped in the entrepreneurial space in 2019. And all of a sudden you're now you're consulting. You've got a digital marketing agency. You got, you know, you're leading a, yeah. an association. So, I mean, this is quantum you know, leaps here in a pretty short period of time within a, you know, four year span, two years of COVID. So I yeah. mean, let's talk about the the birth and launch of Jumpstart and what it is exactly and and what, who's the ideal client? Yeah. So, um, and very interesting question because the ideal client has shifted over the years as well. But initially when I started, so in 2020, when I was doing this digital marketing business, I also started doing a lot of pro bono work around, um, because I had corporate experience, right? building large businesses, leading large teams across multiple countries. And then I had this business of uh, this um, experience of the startup world through my master's degree and sort of, you know, just starting out on my own and trying a few different things. So I was a few steps ahead of people who were just at idea stage. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm a big believer in giving back. And so for me, it was like, OK, how do I, you know, help people who are just maybe a couple of steps behind me? And so I did a lot of pro bono coaching and mentoring work during during 2020 where universities and a lot of sort of accelerator programs, incubator programs here in Australia, mm -hmm. I would just do coaching and mentoring for their teams. So they'd have cohorts of people come in who wanted to build businesses who were very idea stage and I could help them sort of frame up their ideas, right. uh, you know, pitch them in the right way, you know, uh, go do market testing, go do, you know, um, experimentation around their ideas in the market understand if there's if there is a market for their ideas and how to position themselves in the market and so a lot of my skills from the different areas were coming into play here to help people build businesses which was which was great i was really right. enjoying it but as i was doing that a lot of people i would see would come to me from the corporates as well and say hey sangeeta you know really love what you're doing and and you know by mid 2020 i'd left my corporate job so i resigned and i left my corporate team right. but i i still had networks there and people would often come to me and say you know, how did you do it? How did you transition out of being an employee into an entrepreneur? And I was still like, you know, a really young entrepreneur back then in 2020. And it was really interesting that, you know, I was getting so many questions and I thought, well, you know, maybe there's something here to be able to help people transit, make that transition. And as I was also working with these other people in these universities, they would have very similar questions for me as well. So they were all in that same space right. where they were all trying to start something new or had an idea, but just didn't know how to go about it. 
So that's how my book came about, Start mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's it's about that. But also Jumpstart Studio was born with that idea where it was a, it's a, a platform where or a, or a space where people can come in and we help them first test and validate their ideas in the market. And then once we know that there's legs, there's, you know, there's possibilities here, I then have partnerships with a number of other providers like accountants, legal, mm-hmm. marketing, you know, all of that sort of everything that a business needs to right. be able to get on the ground. And so once we test the ideas, testing of the ideas will happen within Jumpstart and then we'll connect you with the right partners. That was like the, an incubator. So to speak. I mean, it's, it's like a almost like an idea incubator. It's like, let's test right. it. Let's kind of do the minimum viable product type thing. I really like the idea of you've seen so many consultants out there that have been out of the game for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, or professors mm-hmm. even that are the universities, they're like, they're teaching. And it's almost like I got caught like in a time warp in 2008, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, the idea that you were literally just a few steps ahead of those that you were consulting or helping, you know, I think you were, you were a very fresh practitioner, yeah. you know, yes. you hard, hard lessons learned. I, Hey, I've got a couple of ideas that failed, got a couple yeah. of ideas that succeeded, you know, that yeah. I mean, it's, it's real life, real time, you know, that, yeah. that you, you got to, to share with them. Yeah. And that's my value proposition, right? So my value proposition is I'm not like, you know, uh, I'm not scaling a business. Mm -hmm. I'm just a few steps ahead of you, but because I'm a few steps ahead of you, I can tell you what's current and what works, what doesn't work. And so I think that's my key value proposition. And then after that, I've got the the value proposition of having the right partners Mm -hmm. um, that can help them through that journey as well. And so that's how Jumpstart Studio was born. And as I started st- speaking with, you know, startups, the funny thing is startups don't have money. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was, <laughs> startups aren't chasing you to write your check. <laughs> so. That's right. Um, and so very soon, um, you know, that came to light. Um as I started with Jumpstart Studio and it was interesting. And then I was finding ways of how I could help them in a more subsidized way. And also because mm-hmm. at that point, like they're very idea stage, there's no there's no equity opportunity as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Taking equity is not a great uh, unless the idea has been validated. You're not an angel investor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, and I mean, I could be, but then I need to know that the founder is a 10x founder. I need to know yes. a few different things. And today, I know that, right? So right. today, I'm today. The equity piece is a lot more easier to do because the way I work has changed. Yeah. Um, so from going from being a one-on-one coach with startups, which I did a few startup coaching, sort of one-on-one coachings. And then I, then the demand started coming in a lot from the government and these universities for paid coaching mm. or paid, and then it morphed into paid program design. So they wanted me to come in and be able to design programs rather than just yeah. do the coaching because I had experience from the past in my previous sort of corporate roles to be able to manage large teams and manage programs. And so I I went and I started doing program designs, which started about mid last year, where I've been designing programs for um, the government agencies here that run startup programs Mm -hmm. or even sort of other universities and things like that. And so Jumpstart Studio now has morphed more into this space where I'm not just doing one-on-one coachings, so that mm-hmm. still happens, but also I work one-to-many, which is the B2B side of right. things, of working right. with organizations and helping coach, mentor, and design programs for them. 
learn to scale yourself, you know, so to speak. Yeah. I love the idea of, I mean, it, it's, I'm blown away at how quickly things morph in your life, how quickly you pivot and adjust and, and grow and scale. But talk, talk a little bit about, I mean, our audience is primarily, you know, marketing agency owners and those who work in that space. And Talk a little bit about what you found and what you've learned in just the you know the short time that you've actually been in that space, and you know what are some some lessons that you know hard lessons learned that you look back and think this this is what I thought going in, but this is actually the reality of of life here. Um, do you mean more from the marketing space? Yeah, like like you, know, you, so you have your marketing agency. The just lessons yeah. learned and running that, you know, being a, a joint partner in that and trying to yeah. you know bring it to Australia. What are some, what are some things that you've kind of seen in the short period of time? I think marketing is very underrated, to be honest. Um, I think entrepreneurs underestimate the power of marketing. Mm -hmm. And so the 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 people that I speak with often, I a lot of my work with them. And, and this I'm starting to see a lot more of now as well is with entrepreneurs generally is around mindset. And it's about getting over that mindset of, oh my God, you know, I've got to pay what, a few thousand dollars before mm -hmm. I can get any results from marketing. Like, you know, I want results today. And I think that's a myth in the industry where everyone's like, oh my God, marketing needs to, you know, ROI on marketing needs to be immediate. But mm -hmm. I think people have to look at marketing as a long game. So if you're in business, you're not in business just for one day. You're in business for the long game and for the long haul. And so the marketing strategies you put together need to be things that serve you, not just today, but serve you for the long haul. And so things like SEO, for example, search engine optimization, it takes six months sometimes before you can actually start seeing mm -hmm. results, right? Yep. And people are like, so I have to still pay for it, even though it takes me six months. Um, <laughs> right? And I have to pay for it every month before I can see any money back. And it's expensive. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's about investing in your business and investing yep. in your visibility and being seen. And I think even with with a lot of the work that I do is about sort of the mindset piece, like I said, is helping um, entrepreneurs see how it fits into the overall strategy. Mm -hmm. of their business like how marketing really fits in how digital marketing fits in because a lot of times and especially people who are not very uh, tech savvy or are not yeah. on social media that much they don't really understand the power of it and so or the time uh, it takes all the time it yep. takes yeah, for um, sure. and the quality piece as well right mm -hmm. because people think like oh we've got tools at our disposal now there's mm -hmm. ai there's canva there's you know tools like right. that that i can just churn up my own stuff and absolutely, like for early stage founders, people who are idea stage entrepreneurs, absolutely, that's 100% the way you should be going because at that stage, you're just testing ideas. Mm -hmm. But when you're in business and when you want to be attracting customers, attracting the right customers, targeting the right customers, you've got to have a strategy in place and you've got to bring in the experts. You've got to sort of stop relying on just, this is what I know about social media and I'm going to go do it. That's great for starters. But to have real impact, I think people who've spent a lot of time and energy in learning these systems and learning how to, you know, really extract value out of these systems, you need those people on board. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's no point in me saying, hey, I'm going to do SEO for you because I don't know SEO. I haven't done it before. You know, yes, I can dabble around with it, but you've mm -hmm. got to find people like my team that sits in India who knows how to do it. They've yep. been doing it day in and day out for people yep. and they understand the tweaks. They understand what works. And these systems are not easy to navigate um, if you want the results. 
And, and marketing uh, agency, agency owners would absolutely testify to that being the truth. It, it kind of reminds me of the E-Myth, you know, book that talks about, you know, working on your business instead of in it. You yeah. know, let the let the experts do their do their expert work. You know, yeah. the, the whole idea that you were talking about. One thing that I, I've kind of thought about as you were talking is that, you know, as as companies scale, it's not just that the quality of their of their work or whatever their product needs to scale as well. But the quality of the services that they require mm -hmm. has to scale. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it is like this full 360, you know, comprehensive, you know, view that you can't get by with chat GPT and, and just winging yeah. it. You know, if you're <laughs> you're scaling to 10 million, you know, that that will come back and bite you. I'm curious, just as we as we transition to kind of our rapid fire, you know, part of the rapid fire. Yeah, we're about yeah. to go rapid fire here, but I, I do have one quick question, just a real short answer here, but just give us a very condensed version of the best client story that you've had so far in kind of the jumpstart space that you don't have to go into great detail, but just, just really quickly, what, what's been kind of the, the, if you just had to pick one as a success story, you say this one really made an impact here. And it's not, you know, you want to be fair to all of them, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. And also like, you know, out. there's just so many because I also work with a lot of impact entrepreneurs. The impact they're creating is is phenomenal. Um, maybe I'll tell you one of a, about a recent one. Um, he's quite young in the entrepreneurial journey, but, you know, I started coaching him. His name is Mohamed, um, and he's establishing a company called Sai Africa, where he's looking at bringing local language education for science and technology students in Africa. Yeah. So in Africa, a lot of the uh, the official language in many countries is English, mm -hmm. um, and so education is is done in English. But a lot of the a lot of the local languages is what people speak in everyday day and day yep. out, and that's what they're used. Their heart to. language, yeah. That's right, their heart language, and so being able to sort of so what he's doing is literally creating a platform where. He can take uh, science subjects for high school students and convert that into local language. Wow. So just take the curriculum as it is, get instructors to actually record videos in the local language and then provide that back to students just to enhance their understanding. Mm -hmm. Because they sometimes it's hard to understand concepts in a in a language that is, you know, not native to you. Yeah. So, so native language um, education is what science education is what he's getting into with the objective to create more, you know, science and STEM related sort of outputs from schools and universities in terms of people who can work in these industries and work more effectively in these industries because they've learned the subject in a language that really matters to them and that yeah. works for them and able to teach others able to teach you know, others exactly for sure and, and it doesn't have to be in an urban setting as much as you know that we could be yeah. out in a, in a more rural setting but i i love that idea i, I think he's going to run into the same issues that you run into with with early stage startups is you know how do you fund yeah. that yeah 100 percent. but what i love about it is it was like three months ago this idea was just an idea mm -hmm. and today he's got his first funding of twenty thousand dollars um, from a fund board. So we, we worked together for about three months through a program at a university here. Yep. He's just come out of the program and, you know, won the the prize money at the end, which is a $20,000 equity free, fund, free funding. And we're, and I know for a fact that he's just, and, and working with him for those 10, for those three months, to me, he's a 10X founder. Mm -hmm. Every time I would say, go do this, he would do that 10 times over. And like, wow. he would just come back with phenomenal results, results week on week. Yep. And that too, sitting in Melbourne, Australia, 
thousands of miles away from Africa where right. his is on the ground. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, so I think, you know, founders like that are rare to come by mm -hmm. and I love working with founders like that. Um, I, think, I think I think it recognizes it, each other. I think I think you recognize <laughs> in yourself and in him as well. Maybe. <laughs> so we are jumping in the rapid fire. Real quick, short answers here. Just don't even okay. think about them. Just respond. Okay. Did okay. you get along with your parents growing up? Yes. Do you have siblings? Yes. Do you have a pet? I had a few, but I'm scared of pets. <laughs> <laughs> Any children? No. What time do you wake up every day, approximately? I'm not a morning person. I wake up when my first meet. I wake up half an hour before my first meeting is due any morning. <laughs> I love that answer. That's the best answer we've ever had on that. So, and then the inverse of that. So, what time do you go to bed in the evening? Uh, yeah, it's sort of whatever I'm tired, but it's usually later in the day, so probably around twelve or one ish. So ideal vacation spot. I mean, you travel all over the world. So where is <laughs> ideal best place you've ever been? Oh, best place I've ever been. One that I would like to go back to. Like I can't pick the best one. They're all great. And I still have a lot more to do. Like my goal is to do all the countries in the world before I die. But the one that I definitely want to go back to, so hard to pick one. Iceland. Iceland has always been yep. one that I want to go back to. And so I went in December, which I saw four hours of daylight. And so I want to go back in the summer where I see 24 hours of daylight. Yeah. That, and anything north of there would, would, would provide that same opportunity. So one last question. If you could change anything in the marketing space today, if you were king, queen for a day, what is one thing, really short answer, what's one thing that you would change in the marketing space today? What I would change in the marketing space today? What question? There's so many things. Um, <laughs> I'm a hard time narrowing it down. Uh, yeah. And so if I was to change something, it would probably be change how people see marketing in terms of, you know, as an expense, I would want them to see it as an investment. Yep. So if there's anything I can change in people's mindsets, that would be one thing. That, and I think everyone that's listening to this podcast would just stand up and cheer and agree with you wholeheartedly in that answer. And they would say, we're going to elect her queen for the day because she, <laughs> if she can pull that off, we're all better off. But, uh, I just want to thank you again, just for sharing your story, just coming on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you. And, you know, sometimes I, you just forget that you're recording and I'm just having a conversation here, just asking good questions and, and, you know, answering them. But it's just really good to just to hear your heart behind, you know, these, you just don't get up and just, you know, out of just sheer avarice, you know, I'm just going to try to just build, you know, on top of buildings, but what is just one thing that you'd close us with today that, that I haven't asked you about that just really oh. quick, what do you think is one thing that, that uh, just a good way to wrap us up today and, and maybe just tell, remind me of the book again, remind our audience of the book that you yeah. wrote again and where that, that's available. Yeah. So my book is undergoing a revamp now, again, all around marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this is my book. It's called Start Right, How to Pick a Winning Business Idea and Make It Successful. It talks about three key things, which is mindset, strategy, and execution. Mm -hmm. And it's positioned for people who have great ideas, but just don't know where to get started or have started off and are overwhelmed in the journey in the early stages of building a business. So that's exactly for who I've written for here. This book... Oh, it's been a year since I've published this book. Mm -hmm. um, and again, what I've found is the marketing piece is super important when you publish a book. Writing a book is one thing, but then the 
publishing is another thing. And then, oh my God, the marketing is what is going to make a difference is what's mm-hmm. going to sell the book is going to get in front of people's eyes and all of that. And in my own journey of learning about marketing as well, I'm revamping the book now. So it will shortly be available on Amazon again. It was okay. on Amazon, but it will be available again. And I will share the link with you. But we're revamping the cover of the book, the way it looks, the way it stands out, um, and also the way it is marketed on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through my own digital marketing journey there. <laughs> but um, once it will have a different cover, um, so it won't look like this when you're buying it. Um, but I will send you the link when when it's ready. Sounds good. I, I appreciate you uh, sharing that. And uh, I, everything that you try that you can just see you're a constant lifelong learner, you know, and not yeah. only do you, do you <laughs> learn that you apply it, you know, I mean, yeah. information that's not applied is just noise. I mean, it, it yeah. really is. You lead by example. And then I'm sure the people at Jumpstart Studio can see that for sure every day when they encounter you. But just thanks again for taking the time just to chat with us today. It's, a, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Marketing Umbrella podcast. And Just have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another great episode of the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where we provide the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. To learn more, go to UmbrellaUS.com.